Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 18 of Jock Talk. We're recording here from the Trinity Grove Studios on a late Monday night uh, after the Cowboys sneaked by the Los Angeles Chargers, 20 to 17. Uh, what's up, dog? What up? Feeling? What up? It's late. <laughs> it's late. Now I've been up since four thirty this morning. I yeah. think Big Joe and the Big Rig been up uh, since right around that time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So it's been a long day. So we going to uh, we gonna move through this. We got the Cowboys with their big win. Uh, I mean, really big win for them. Uh, I didn't think it was necessarily a well played game, but at the end of the day, did you win or did you lose? Is always the most important question. Your Texas Rangers. Big 5-4 win over Houston. They bring the series back to Arlington for the next three games, up 2-0. They need two wins to get to the World Series. And, uh, you know, so it's going to be a lot of things jumping in Dallas, Fort Worth for the next uh, week or so. Uh, But right now, y'all do realize this, and I know you know it by now. None of this is possible if we don't have my good friends at uh, at Greening Law. So I like to tell y'all this. If you're involved in an accident, it's not your fault. It doesn't matter whether it happens at your home or if it happens at, uh, at a restaurant or a place of business, anywhere that's not your home, then what you need to do, what you got to do, is pick up the phone as soon as it happens and call 972-934-8900 and talk to the green team. Tell them your situation. And I'm telling you, if they bring you on as a client, it's been your lucky day, man. It really has been. Because anytime you get involved with somebody else's insurance company, that thing is a long tedious, drawn-out process. It can be kind of intimidating. It can be scary. It can be a lot of things. And what the green team does is they walk you through that thing. They tell you when to turn left and when to turn right and when to hold tight. Um, And here's what you got to understand. When you pick up the phone and call them, consultation's free. It doesn't cost you anything just to tell them your situation. And the reason why they take care of it, I mean, they do everything from setting up doctor's appointments to finding specialists for you. They want you to really focus on getting your body back and rest and renewal. That's what they really want your focus on. And they take care of everything else so that you can be worry-free. And so what I like to tell y'all is um, you don't have to take my word for it. You can go to the website, greenlaw.com. You can see the good work that they've done there. You can see what clients say about them. You can see the awards that Robert Green has won. And when you go over there with the green team, they take care of you. And, you know, they don't get paid unless you get paid. So you never have to worry about whether they're grinding for you. Give them a call, 972-934-8900, if you're ever involved in an accident and it's not your fault. Your Dallas Cowboys, uh, were they driving you crazy? Because they was driving me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just I, at one point I think I just said this is just a shit show. Maybe I texted you that I can't remember. Yeah, you texted. Uh, yeah, you texted. 
And it's because it wasn't a clean game. I mean, it was all kinds of penalties and all kind of like bonehead plays and missed opportunities. And it just wasn't a clean game. Uh, but in the end, and that's really what matters, they prevail uh, 20 to 17. Uh, Brandon Aubrey's uh, 39 yard field goal uh, with uh, four minutes and uh, 50, with two minutes and 19 seconds left ends up being the uh, deciding difference of victory. Um, this now makes the Cowboys 10-1 and one, uh, after a loss in the last uh, three years. That's the best record in the NFL. Uh, more important as it relates to this season, uh, they got a gift from Philadelphia yesterday losing to uh, the New York Jets. They got a gift from the Cleveland Browns uh, with San Francisco losing to the Browns. And so now they're back to being uh, a game back in the NFC East uh, against Philadelphia. Obviously, they got two games with Philadelphia. Uh, they still got two games with Washington. So they got a lot of division play left. But more important, uh, they're back in shouting distance of the Eagles, and that's a big deal. Um, you know, San Francisco is still a game ahead of them, and they own the tiebreaker. And you could be like, dude, why are you talking about all this right now? Well, that's because it's important right now. <laughs> because this thing can get away from you, it almost did. Uh, so they're back in it. Um, it, was a, it was an interesting game because the Cowboys came out slow as molasses, as my mama used to say. It was really, in a lot of ways, carbon copy of last week, man, where you start slow with a three and out. And, I, I you know, I'm going I'm to tell Clarence E. Hill Jr. this because he can be dismissive at times. I was talking about uh, C.J. Goodwin being out with a torn pick. He's a really good special teams player. He's their gunner, and he makes a lot of plays on special teams. He's just a special teams guy. Find somebody out there to ride down there and cover punts. It's not that big a deal, man. So what happens on the first one where he ain't here, though? 26-yard punt return, sets up a touchdown, and just like that, the Chargers are up 7 nothing. And if you like me, you're like, are these boys going to get smoked again? Because they came out and gave you nothing, offense, defense, or special teams on their first series. So uh, your boy's a little concerned about that. But uh, they came back, and, uh, you know, the big thing in this game, Dak Prescott, he had a weird game. Like, I don't think he had any time to throw. He got sacked five times. Seemed yeah. like he was – he like, he just never could get comfortable in the pocket. He was like, take the drop back, and whoops, got to take off and run. Yeah, all that old West Coast time and stuff, all that out the window. Dak was playing yeah. flag football. Nah, that's what it looked like, man. Yep. But he still finished up uh, 21 of 30, yep. uh, 272 touchdown, no interceptions. Um, good performance. CeeDee Lamb, seven pass, seven receptions, 117 yards. Uh, how about Tony Pollard, six for 80, including that uh, made-up 60-yard catch and run. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, that was a big play that they needed at the time. The raggediest uh, big play you ever seen. Dude, yeah. it was, uh, yeah. but the whole performance was in a way raggedy. Yeah. But I like to say this, you know, at the end of the day, to me, and I don't think I'm bringing no news here, the game is always about making plays, man. Yep. Uh, can you make a play when it matters? Yep. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, your boy Michael Parsons had been quiet most of the day. Uh, I mean, he was, I mean, I saw him get triple teamed a couple times. He just wasn't, uh, it just wasn't really in the mix very much. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, he comes in with a huge sack. Um, 
uh, on the, as the Chargers have the ball for their final possession, coming up with a huge sack right up the middle. And I mean, he slammed Brett Justin uh, Herbert to the ground with some with some bad intentions. Uh, yeah. But it was it was a really good play. I thought uh, I thought <clears> Justin <throat> Herbert I thought Justin Herbert got away from him by stepping up in the pocket. And once the inside guys, uh, Odigi Zua and the rest of the cats, start getting pressure up in the middle, that's when Parker, Par- at the end, Parsons came in and started scooping him up. But he was sliding and stepping up, and Parsons was just going around him a bunch of times. Yep, uh, and they couldn't uh, they couldn't get to him. Uh, yeah, and they were they were around him but couldn't get to him. But uh, he comes up with a big play, and then on the next play, third and ten, uh, Stephon Gilmore comes up with a really nice interception. Yeah, kind of dives in front plucks it off the ground and yeah. just like that because I had no confidence in them. Uh, the way they've been playing, the mistakes they've been making, you know, seven defensive penalties. I was just like, good grief, man. Yeah, was it was it was, it was was ugly. But like you said, a win is a win. You know, it's, it's ugly, but it's okay when you come out with that W. Yeah. Um, especially in a situation where they're in. You know, we talked mm-hmm. uh, earlier, is this the biggest game of the Mike McCarthy era? And uh, it kind of felt like it was. If you saw his celebration at the end of the game when Gilmore gets that yeah, interception yeah, and he yeah. throws both hands in the air and he's yeah. pumping his fist, yeah. that is not your normal Mike McCarthy uh, excitement. Um, and so I think he felt a lot of relief from that. Yeah, I and, think the whole team was relieved. You see Dak, when they when, they, when your boy got that interception, Dak was like, I mean, it was, it was happy times on their sideline, man. Well... As much as I talk about the raggedy Rudy Poop performance that they had, yeah, they showed a lot of resiliency coming back and getting yeah. a win yeah. after getting blasted by uh, San Francisco last week. Yeah, after hearing all week about how bad they performed and uh, having to be accountable for it publicly, so it was a good win for them. Chargers are a good team, although the Chargers tend to find ways to lose as opposed to finding ways to win. Ah, you've been uh, saying that, and you you you've been saying that. <laughs> all week, and you are damn right. Because I thought that's the best set of offensive players they played this year. And they found a way to screw that up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when it, it was just a weird disjointed. I think I put that in the end. At the end of the day, it was it was a really disjointed game. It didn't have a lot of rhythm and flow to it. It nah. could have been the penalties. It was ugly, for sure. Uh, but at the end of the day, Justin Herbert – only threw for 227 yards on 37 attempts. You'll take that. Uh, two TDs and an interception. Um, Austin Eckler, 14 for 27. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the running game, they shut that thing down, 23 for 53. I think we found some linebackers, didn't we? Damone uh, Clark, Marcus Bell. Uh, yeah, uh, Marquise Bell. Uh, hey, I'm sorry, Marquise Bell. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, he's a little undersized. That, uh, 218. 218, but he was bringing that thing today. And uh, Clark had a good game. Well, Diggy Zua was a dominant player out there. You don't see many defensive tackles end up with seven tackles. Uh, You know, so he's a force behind the line. So, overall, there's a lot of things to be positive about. Um, You know, they held the charges to only uh, 272 yards, four and a half yards of play, five for 14 on third down. It just seemed like they had more success, but I think that's because they had all those defensive penalties that kept sustaining drives. Yeah. So it was a uh, it was a big win for the Cowboys, man. Uh, Mike McCarthy can breathe easy this week. Uh, they can get focused on the Rams and their next trip out to uh, L.A. in a couple of weeks. 
<clears throat> that too will be a little bit of a difficult thing because Rams, you know, the way they run that offense, they can be if you don't come to play, uh, it can be a bad. I mean, it can be just be a long day for you because offensively. They're going to marry the entire passing game to their running game. Everything going to look the same. And if you don't read your keys right, they just make it a long day. And they know with Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, they're going to get him the ball no matter what you try to do. And now they got the other guy, the rookie, who had been catching 12 balls a game until Cooper Cup showed up. Which one of the things I like best about the Rams? Uh, they get the ball to whoever they want to get the ball to, and ain't nothing you can do about it. Yep. Um, so it's good to see CeeDee Lamb get off today. And uh, your Cowboys, 20-17 uh, to 17 winners over the Chargers. Everybody feeling good. Lots of smiles around. Dak Prescott even ran the ball a little bit today. Yeah, I like that uh, Dak. I like Dak when he do that because, you know, it's like when they beat Tampa Bay. Dak had the, the dirt in his face mask. He was running the ball. It's like, man, when he get physical like that, and you wonder why he don't do it more often, but. You get physical like that, it's, it's usually a pretty good game. And it was a Brandon Cook sighting today. Yeah, it wasn't – you know, I, I'm still puzzled over this. Michael Gallup ended up with ten targets. CD had seven. Um, you know, Brandon Cook's had four. Yeah. And see, this is why this is why it's puzzling. Dak, you know, CD Lamb is seven for seven targets. Uh, Tony Pollard is six for seven. He's a running back, so okay. Brandon Cooks is four for four, and Michael Gallup is three for ten. Like you can't be throwing a guy, throwing the ball to a guy ten times, and you only getting three catches. Um, that's that's just bad management. There's something about that offense I haven't quite yeah. figured out, but I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Michael Gallup, I'm just saying this, and Michael Gallup is cool. Michael yeah. Gallup should never lead a team in targets ever. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Just, I agree. Eighty eight, eighty eight should be lead 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 the team in targets. Yeah, I mean, again, I've said this to y'all before. Uh, I just like to re- emphasize it. It's like video games. You get your when you playing video games, you playing Madden. You get the ball to your best player every time. You don't waste carries. You don't waste throws on your third and fourth receiver and your third running back. I wonder, I wonder where you got that from. But don't hurt yourself patting yourself on the back, man. Oh no, it's all I mean, good. It's okay. It's yeah. all good. Uh, so we're gonna get back into the Cowboys in a minute. Uh, right now, let's talk uh, about those Texas Rangers because this is late night and y'all are getting an abbreviated podcast tomorrow morning because Joe and I are both tired. Uh, but uh, oh, we're doing this tomorrow too. I'm, I'm about no, to I it. said it's coming out tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> just like, calm down, big fella. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I can I can hear this about to be a mutiny. <laughs> but let me say one thing about about baseball. While we was learning football, playing Madden, you know, you taught me a lot about baseball when we was playing baseball. I don't know if you ever knew that. I knew baseball, but I didn't know baseball. I didn't love baseball like you love baseball, and you taught me a lot about baseball. Because when I would do stupid shit, you would say, "What are you doing?" You know, like what? Um, maybe switch, the, maybe switch the pitchers out, or maybe do something. You know, just the the way you're supposed to do stuff. You know, right. maybe I would start a closer or something. You know what I'm saying? I was doing that right. type of stuff. I can't remember some of those. Anyway, I'm I'm going off the rails. But some of those uh, closers were pretty good pitchers, and I'd start that guy. And you go, "What are you doing? He's a closer." Well, he starts for me. You just shake your head like you're a dumbass. All right. Then. So um, I learned a lot about baseball back then. Uh, well, I'm glad to be a hockey. Service. Hockey too. A- hockey too. 
Yeah, we'll have to tell the story about yeah, that. Yeah, with your cheating ass. The day I ruined, yeah, right. the day I ruined it, <laughs> the, the EA hockey game. Yeah. Uh, but we learned but we learned a lot about sports together. That was some cool shit back then. Uh big win for the Rangers. Roger. And I was uh this was really funny because I was working on some stuff this afternoon. I'm like, oh, it's uh, it's time for the Rangers to come on. And so I turned the game on and then I left. I went in the other room to do some stuff. Uh, and I got caught up and I came back and I go how the hell are they up to nothing the game just started yeah and uh, that's how quick the game started for them and it was uh, I mean they they took advantage of um, every opportunity because the thing with Valdez on the mound uh, and he's one of the best pitchers uh, for Houston but his last three starts he's been awful like, he's given up, like, four or five runs every start. So, he hadn't been good. And uh, they just came out, man, in attack mode. Uh, it started off with uh, Marcus Simeon, who'd been struggling a little bit, led off with a single, and then they were off to the races, man. Uh, Seager single, and then uh, they got an error, and so they scored on a run. But to make a long story short, they scored four runs in the first inning of, on uh, five hits and two errors. And uh, my whole thing was – because I and I ain't telling y'all nothing I ain't said before, and nothing most of y'all don't believe either. I don't trust the Rangers bullpen. I've been scarred from the regular season when they were one of the worst bullpens in baseball history Damn. in terms of blown saves. That's right, baseball history. They're one of the worst bullpens ever. So I've been scarred by the regular season, and so they're up for nothing. I can't even enjoy it. My whole thing is: can Evaldi come and get? Any, so that they can build on that lead and make it so that the bullpen is not a factor. And uh, he did that. And so, um, you know, it worked out well for the Rangers, man. Five runs, eight hits in an air, uh, four runs, six hits for uh, Houston, two airs. Uh, Leclerc comes in, gets a four-out save, which was huge. Araldis Chapman, I know back in the day he was the guy for the Yankees. I know he can still throw 203 miles an hour. That dude, I don't know if I see him in any more high leverage situations in the playoffs, man. Like, he's got nothing right now. Every time he comes in, he's giving up something. There's no such thing as a clean inning with him. This is twice in the last two days. Bochy has had to come and get him out the game because he hadn't been able to finish an inning. Uh, but it's a huge win for the Rangers, man. Uh, they take a 2-0 series lead. Games three, four, and five are in Texas. Now, here's the thing. Houston, the last time they came to Arlington, uh, outscored the Rangers 39-10, to scored double digits in three straight games, and just blew them out the map. So they should – and here's the other thing. And I don't know if you realize this. Houston was 40-41 and 41 at the crib this year. They're about 20 games over 500 on the road. So they got some weird splits. They're a much better road team than home team. So I'm telling y'all, the Rangers have a significant advantage. This series is not over. It's not over. Uh, Houston, this is their seventh trip to the ALCS. They've been to four World Series. They've won two of them. They're the defending uh, champs. They're not going to give it up without a fight. The Rangers are still going to have to go through some adversity to uh, to win this thing. But that being said, they're in a great position. They feel good about themselves. And Matt Scherzer, 
is the game three pitcher. And so I'm really, 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 really interested to see what he's got. And, you know, he's been out for a month with this strained muscle in the back of his uh, shoulder. So he hadn't pitched. He's been pitching some simulated games. And so what do you think he can get at Rangers? I have no idea. I don't have any idea whether he can give them three good innings, whether he can give them five, or whether he comes out and just gets hammered because he hadn't pitched uh, against an opposing uh, lineup in a month. So, you know, I have no idea. But uh, I think they're pitching him in hopes that, hey, we're up 2 nothing. He might give us that kind of, uh, you know, I'm trying to not to date myself, but that Willis Reed emotional lift, that Kirk Gibson coming out the dugout emotional lift uh, with the Dodgers World Series. You know, that guy who everybody knows is hurt. He's giving you what he's got, and you ride the momentum of that. Uh, but uh, it's terrific performance by the Rangers, man. And um, Evaldi was just, I mean, he was brilliant today. And uh, I don't say that lightly, but um, – you know, he was an all-star in the first half of the season. Then he got hurt, and when he came back, he didn't go on a rehab st- start. He just showed up in the big leagues, and he just got hammered while he got back into uh, – got his stamina back and everything. But right now, he is uh, – he's on fire in the playoffs, man. Uh, today uh, – what did Evaldi do today, man? Six innings, five hits, three runs, nine strikeouts. But the best thing he did – was um, in the fifth inning, uh, the uh, the Astros got a couple singles, and then Josh Young, I mean, he must have made three amazing plays at third base today. Josh Young did. But he tried to – there was kind of a chopper to third, and he tried to get short hop, and, sh- and he didn't get the hop. Went right up under his glove, and all of a sudden, it's the fifth inning. The Rangers are up 5-1. to one. And uh, I'm sorry, five to two. And the Astros had the bases loaded with nobody out. Um, At that point, you know, uh, I'm like, well, this is about to get real interesting. And so you have uh, Mike, uh, uh, the pitching coach, comes out and uh, and talks to Evaldi. I'm sorry, Haim came out and talked to Evaldi. And I was like, what are they talking about? And so, at this point, Dusty Baker is like, you know what? I'm finna go for it, dog. And so, he pinch hits uh, Martin Maldonado with Yiner Diaz, who had 23 homers this year. He's a rookie. And he's going for it. I can't really blame him because <clears throat> they haven't led the entire series. And here's a chance for them to get in the game. Well, Evaldi strikes him out on a 2-2 curveball. All right? Then, the top of the lineup comes up. And who's at the top of the lineup, man? Your favorite second baseman. Well, Evaldi strikes him out of the one-two fastball. All right? Altuve, that's your guy. Yeah, I know. With that long-ass back. <laughs> His back longer than him, man. <laughs> Am I the only one that thinks that? Because I'm, I'm looking at that thing, and I'm like, man, go ahead. Well, he ain't but four foot two. I know, but that and, strike uh, zone is small, and that bat is large. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So he strikes out. And now the crowd is like, oh, my God, don't tell me we got the bases loaded. Nobody out, and we're not going to score. But then Bergman comes up. He's already homered, and he's a career 405 hitter with seven grand slams with the bases loaded. Well, Evaldi gets him to bounce out the third on a 1-0 pitch. They escape the inning, giving up no runs. 
And, uh, you know, that really um, kept Evaldi in the game and really uh, kept the momentum with the Rangers as uh, as they were trying to put it away. And so, uh, you know, they didn't score anymore. But, uh, like I said, LeClerc came in. Things got a little hairy in the eighth, uh, first and second, but he worked out of that, got the last out, and then he pitched a perfect ninth, a couple, couple deep balls. But uh, – LeClerc has finished all seven games. Uh, it's amazing because he was the closer when the season started, lost his job, pitched like poop in the middle of the season, and through attrition got his job back, and now he's um, pitching well. And so your Texas Rangers come back to Arlington uh, in a situation where, duh, uh, they have as good a chance as anybody to not only – I mean – Obviously, they're in control of this series. But, and we've talked about this, you got the Diamondbacks, you got the Phillies, you got the Astros. That's your, that's your final four in baseball. <laughs> the Rangers have as good a shot as anybody to win the World Series. They do. Yep. And so, um, you know, now's the time to jump on the bandwagon if you ain't already done it. Yep. <laughs> well, watching the Rangers do what they're doing and, and listening to you talk about the Rangers – it's like this. It, it make you. I'm a numbers guy. I'm a stats guy. You just went through that whole scenario where this guy hit 400 and he's on his way up, and then he gets struck out. That's the. That's some of the beauty of baseball. Without the numbers, baseball is not as beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what. That's what I'm relearning by the resurgence of the Rangers because they're so up and down. It's hard for me. To, to invest my time in them, but when they do get, when they are good, yeah, I'm I'm on the bandwagon. Yeah. Well, they haven't really been good for uh, six years. This right. is the first time they've been good. Right. And this is still a year ahead of schedule. They weren't supposed to be like this all year. And uh, you know what? Somebody mentioned this today, and I can't remember who mentioned it. They were like, the thing you, the thing that this is what they were saying. They said the thing that people have forgotten about the Rangers, whether it's locally or whether it's nationally. They were really the best team in baseball for the first three months of the season. Well, in the American League, they were the best team in baseball for the first two or three months of the season. Yeah. Then they faded a little bit in part because they had six all-stars and all those cats went on the injured list at some point in the second half of the year. So they didn't have their team. And, you know, you can say next man up all you want to. There's a reason why the next man up is not starting. He's not as good as the guy starting. Uh and so they went through a couple of very rough patches. But the one thing that they have proved all year uh, is that they're a very resilient team. They've had several, with that bullpen, they've had several kick-to-the-crotch losses, and they almost always rebounded in a positive manner. They've had several uh, losing streaks of four or five games, and it seemed like they were out of it, and they just came back and put it together. So they're a very resilient group as a team. And, um, you know, we're seeing that now. They got the whole team back. They're playing with a lot of confidence. And, again, um, they got such a deep lineup that they can hurt you in a lot of different ways. Matter of fact, somebody said something today on the broadcast today that I hadn't heard before uh, as it relates to baseball. And they were describing the Rangers offense. And I wish I could remember who said this. I can't even remember the circumstances, meaning I can't remember whether it's the people broadcasting the game, John Smoltz and the other guy, or whether it's the pregame show with Poppy and Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez. 
So forgive me, I can't remember. But they were saying that the the one thing the Astros have been saying about the Rangers is they play baseball like a basketball team, meaning they can put up a five-run inning on you in a minute. And so you have to you have to really keep them from getting runs. Uh, I'm talking about runs like an NBA team where they just put stacks, several hits together, and before you know it, they've scored five or six in an inning, and now you're basically out the game. And so uh, they were like, you have to manipulate your, your bullpen even in the playoffs to stop that because if they get up on you like that, you know the game is over. And in regular season, that's one thing, but in the playoffs where they're so, every game is so critical, that's something else. And what it does is it speaks to the offense uh, that they have. Um, you know, Evaldi said something interesting today when talking about his performance. And uh, he only walked one batter, and he said, and he gave up three solo homers. And he said, it's not that I wanted to give up homers, but I just did not want to walk anybody. Uh, because when you walk them, they, they inevitably seem like they always come around to score. And he was like, I was just determined to throw strikes and make them hit the ball. And, you know, when you look at what the Rangers have done in the playoffs, the other starters have followed that trend where they're not walking a lot of the guys that and so if you don't walk guys and you make people earn their place on the bases and make other people drive them in, you know, uh, it's hard to do because baseball is hard. There's a reason why you go to the Hall of Fame if you're successful three out of ten times. Uh, but anyway, huge win for the Rangers. Uh, Max, uh, Max Scherzer coming up in game three. Uh, you know, I'm going to take a quick aside to tell you uh, I guess, I'm. you know, we're still trying to figure out our broadcast schedule for the rest of the week just because uh, I'm going to be out at the Rangers on game three and game four. So I guess I guess it's not that big a deal. We just do it. Well, I don't know because uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out um, to get you the most up-to-date info on the, uh, on the uh, podcast. Uh, but so uh, as we figure that out, see how we do things on the fly in a very uh, – that's what happens when uh, it's late at night and you've been up for uh, since four in the morning and your mind starts drifting. Yeah, yeah, you start, you start, you start thinking out loud. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was doing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, let's get back to the Cowboys and then get out of here for tonight. Um, Dak Prescott, you learn anything about him this today? I think he's tired of that raggedy ass offense. I think he don't trust. Dude. He don't trust. He's playing like he don't trust what he see. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what it looked like to me. Like he 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 protected the ball a little bit tonight. I thought by taking some sacks. And I know that don't sound right. You know, he, just thought, he tried to hang in there. There's a couple times I saw him duck. You know, tuck the ball and take a couple of sacks. And it's like, all right, live to fight another day. You know, because he no, don't he, he don't trust what he's seeing, man, right now. Um, and maybe that's why it looks so jointed. I, I was getting irritated by the fact they kept throwing short of the sticks on third down. I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you doing, man? <clears throat> and and a lot of that looked like play design, not like you're not running the right route. And I'm just like, dude, well, what call we've been, a play. What we've been talking about the whole time, you know, the footwork and the timing and all of that stuff. And, you know, drop that back foot and let the ball go. Yeah, well, there's a couple times that your boy – Ran around, and extended the play, and made a play. You know, they don't. The West Coast offense ain't calling for him to do that, but he did it yeah, anyway. Uh, I don't know how they're going to fix it. I mean, it's not up for me to fix it. Yeah. It's up for them to fix it. But I don't. I don't know how it's going to fix. But it looks like poop right now. 
Uh, it's an offense that doesn't generate any big plays right now. And I'm a little surprised, but I thought uh, when you throw in the ball, get guys, get guys the ball on a run, they can turn and make some big plays. But that's really not what's been happening. And so uh, it's a disjointed offense. Uh, it doesn't look good. But, uh, you know, like today, they ended up with uh, not even that many yards, 342 yards, okay? But let's keep it real. 60 of it came on that weird, raggedy, busted, made-up play to Tony Pollard. Yeah. And so you get credit for that, obviously. But the bottom line is that's not offense you can rely on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know why they probably look sloppy, man? It's why? probably because both them coaches know each other. Might be a little bit of that. They might be familiar with each other. That might have made the game a little more sloppy. Uh, could be. Could be. Dan Quinn knows. Kellen Moore very well. Kellen Moore knows uh, Dan Quinn's scheme very well. Um, I don't think Kellen Moore got the – I mean, he didn't get the revenge he wanted. And that's that's me saying he wanted revenge. Yeah. But I mean he is a he is a man. He did get fired. Whether they say he mutually agreed to leave or not, the Cowboys told him we don't want you no more. Oh, he, wanted, <laughs> he, he wanted to win. Yeah, he wanted he wanted that. And if they lost, I'm sure he at least wanted to lose, you know, thirty seven, thirty five, so I could put some points on your ass. Yeah. And look at my offense, and instead he didn't get none of that. I will say, though, he ran some nice scheme plays in the red zone that ended up in touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was, a, uh, this was a weird game. And so now, you know, you got Dak, uh, once again, 21 of 30, 272 yards touchdown. Looked, uh, I don't know, man. Nothing looks quite right in this offense. Uh, the good thing is uh, they got CD involved. They got yeah. Cooks involved a little bit, and he had a reverse. They went 14 yards, got a touchdown pass, pulled out the Archer celebration. Did you see that? Yeah, I did, and, and I saw that blazing speed, you know. I saw that on, on the reverse, you know. Dude, on the reverse, I was like, okay, he can no. still pick him up, put him down. That's well, he, uh, that's not a problem. That. He did that against the 49ers. Dak saw him too late. You know, yeah, when Fred fact, Warner was uh, covering him. No, Fred, no, 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 no. Okay, he was trailing him. Yes, because right. when I because when I saw Brandon in the locker room this week, uh, I looked at him and said, "Duh, just just between you and I, because y'all know how to do it." I was like, "Between you and I, man, uh, Fred Warner was not covered, was not running with you." He said, "I'm glad you recognized that. Yeah. I heard that." And he just went off, man. He was laughing while he was talking, but yeah. we was we was cracking up. I was yeah. like, "Dog," he said, "He was behind me, man. Yeah, he wasn't he was. running with me." Yeah, he and uh, I started laughing. I said, I ain't mean to get you fired up, partner. <laughs> yeah. He said, no, nah, man, but I've been hearing that all week. But he was running with me. He wasn't running with me. He was running all. behind me. Not at all. And uh, I said, it's just it's, it's good to know you got that speed for old man, though. And uh, then we had another laugh. So, yeah. now, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can figure out a way to get him incorporated more and get him on some vertical routes, man. Where think, you can take advantage of his speed. I think if Dak Dak got he 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 got to run the offense, but he don't know. It's like he don't know it well enough to improvise. He don't know it well enough to speed it up. They having problems getting the plays in. 
you know, getting guys in formation and all that. It's just it's just not as acclimated. They didn't get as acclimated to it as as we thought they would or as fast as they would. You think mm-hmm. being pros, it just must be totally different than what they ran before. Uh, or maybe they thought they did and they didn't. Yeah, that too. That too. Yeah, so um, it's uh, you know, but but the defense played well, you know. I thought they I thought they gutted it out, even though they had all them penalties and stuff. But uh, I thought the defense, you know, they thugged it out a little bit. They got it done. You know, holding the charge to seventeen, that's the best quarterback they played so far. Yeah, and that's what I said. It's uh, you know, I don't want, and uh, I'm always very cognizant of this. I mean, I don't think you want to. Uh, sit around after uh, they, they obviously did some good things and they won the game and then sit around and bitch and moan yeah. about, and nitpick everything and make it, uh, as uh, Stefan Gilmore told me the other day, and part, he, said, he was talking about New England, he said, sometimes we won, man, it felt like a loss, uh, the way Belichick went after us. And so yeah. um, it's, I, I told my dad this. A lot of y'all know my dad is a uh, season ticket holder to the Bills game. And I was talking to him and my stepmother in separate conversations today. They were at the game last night, and they both bitching and moaning about the, the Giants, uh, about beating the Giants by three or four, whatever the game was. And I said to both of them in, in various ways, I said, you know, y'all went 20 years without worrying about nitpicking wins. You was just happy to get them four or five wins Buffalo used to get every year. Now. Now that you got a quarterback, now you want to nitpick the wins, and it's not it's not stylish enough for you. I said, trust me, it is hard to win in the National Football League, and uh, every win needs to be celebrated to some degree before you start the nitpicking process. You know, it's like when my dad is uh, complaining about Josh Allen. I'm like, man, I heard you talk for 20 years about how you ain't had no quarterback since Jim Kelly. Yeah. Now you got one. Yeah. You're going to have one for a decade. He looks like he's going to be in a Hall of Fame conversation. Uh, whether he gets there or not is too yeah. early to know, but he'll be in a conversation about whether he should be or not. So chill out with the criticism. Yeah, I can think of about three or four Bills quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. That, are so, that drove you nuts. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm saying is, you know, Cowboys win was not perfect. But um, don't get it twisted. They did win the game. Everything that they want to accomplish this season is still in front of them. They control what happens to them. Their fate is not in somebody else's hand. They don't have to worry about nobody else. They can right now, they're in control of everything. And the main thing they need to do is just work on getting better. Um, It was good to see CD get the ball today. So uh, it was good to see them attack the middle today. Uh, You know. Uh, and, you know, it, it, the the interesting thing is, you know, this game might not have come down to this if uh, Deron Bland holds on to that interception. Man, don't throw the ball around him, man. If you're the quarterback, you know, don't throw it around. He, he, got, he almost got two. He almost well, got the one in the interception, and then the one where he was going to take it to the house. I was going to say, so, you know, it's 17-10. Uh, Dak is just throwing that, that – that nice touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks. And then the Chargers are driving. And did he, he drop uh, back five miles on that play or what? Yeah. He was – whatever I say flag football because he was fading. Forget that West Coast principle. 
he was like, I'm going back, 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 touchdown. Like, it had to be 10 yards. Uh, at least. Yep. Uh, and then he had somebody in his face, and he just kind of lofted it up there. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's third and 10 at, the, at the 30. At the Chargers 30, Justin Herbert drops back and throws the ball, and Deron Bland jumps a route. It's Ooh. in his hands. Oh. He's got good hands. That's supposed to be a 30-yard touchdown, 24-10 ball game. Oh. Uh, eight minutes left. Instead, he drops it. They punt, and then that's when all that foolishness with the punt went down. All I could yeah. think of, I don't yeah. know about y'all, all I could think of was Leon Lett in the snow in 1994. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, you're not touching ball, but, you know, Jalen Tobert in his defense, he's like, it's clear he thought somebody on his team touched it. And so, you it know. Was a, it was a hustle play gone wrong. It was an effort play gone yeah. wrong. You know, that's he why made I'm, a decision. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I ain't I mean, mad at him. Right. It was, yeah. just, it was more bad luck than anything. I thought you don't believe in that. Uh, no, I don't believe in jinxes. All right. Uh, that's a whole nother argument. All right. Then. Ain't what you yeah. said, but all right. I mean, I don't believe it's in late. Jinxes. It's late. All right. Then. <laughs> and so that started that whole foolishness with the fumble that basically ended up with the Chargers getting the ball in scoring position. Yep. And uh, they cashed in, tied the score up at 17. And then that set up. A, a pretty good Cowboys drive. They went 14 plays, 54 yards in spite of themselves, and they got the field goal. Uh, good, you know, it's a good win by the Cowboys, man. 4-2. Uh, they head into the bye. Uh, they can get some relief now. They can work on some things. They're not a perfect team. Uh, but they got they got some gumption to them because uh, they could have they gave up and got – they could have gave up to the frustration of this one several times. Yeah, they responded. Yeah. They responded when they got hit in the mouth this time. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. And now they got the Rams coming up. Um, and, you know, I think maybe uh, this is a kind of team where you got to change your standard of what you, what you expected and what you got. And, um, you know, when you have a great team, Super Bowl caliber team, uh, which I thought they were at one point, uh, then you can really nitpick and hold people to a certain standard. Uh, if that's not what you have, then, you know, you have to adapt uh, to the times and understand that, okay, I'm going to hold them to a different standard, a new standard, because this is not the team I thought that they were. And so clearly this is not an elite team right now. This team has got to fight, scrap, scrape every week to get a win. And so I'm not going to hold them to the same standard as if they were the 95 Cowboys with Hall of Fame caliber players at every spot because this does not appear to be that team. Uh, so uh, with that, we're going to figure out some more uh, coming on <laughs> during the week uh, and see uh, see what our broadcast schedule is. You can follow me on Twitter. I'll update it. Or it'll just show up in your feed and you'll be surprised uh, as we work out the kinks. Uh before I sign off, you got you got anything left for the people? Hey man, when you get them, when you get the Ranger game, yeah, and the Cowboy game, one yeah. after another. I'm like, hey, when I was a younger man, it was like, all right, we get a bonus. <laughs> now I'm an old ass man. I'm like, man, I'm sleepy as hell. I'm 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 surprised I made it through this podcast. Uh, well, I'm impressed with you. I'm impressed with you because uh, I yeah, I mean, it was fun watching back to back tonight. It was, but it was tiring as hell. It was, you know what I'm saying? You've been up that early. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. I enjoyed it, but, you know, just the, the, we, we got a bonus today. Rangers win, Cowboys win. It's all good. Right. 
for uh, Big Joe and the Big Rig. I'm Jean-Jacques Taylor. This is Jock Talk presented to you by Greening Law. Until we chat again, y'all be blessed.